This week, Neil and I discuss the controversial topic of the Church of Scientology and its core beliefs connecting it to an extraterrestrial history of our planet and of the human race. Join myself and Neil as we ask if these are just the imaginings of science fiction writer L. Ron Hubbard, or is there a truth to the claims made by the Church? Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Welcome back, listeners, to uh, Aliens Explored. Um, This week, Stu and I are going off on a slight tangent, but be wet, be Bear with us. Um, We're going to be uh, looking at the Church of Scientology and the the alien and UFO connections um, associated with it. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm Stu Jackson. And I'm I'm sensing a degree of trepidation on your part. (laughs) Um, Well, I do have I do have a personal history with the Church of Scientology. So, um, would, you like okay. me to, would you like me to expand on that? Uh, oh, absolutely. But before we do, um, and just to make this clear to the listeners, um, our job is not to censor or decry people whatever they choose to believe in. That's entirely up to them. Uh, we are looking at this specifically from the view of the alien connection the the otherworldly connection um with with the teachings of the church of scientology so whatever our personal feelings may be um yeah we're not here to insult or decry or anything like that so just to just to put minds at ease yes and also bearing in mind that uh, the church of scientology does have something of a reputation for uh for litigiousness, if, uh, if they feel they've been slandered in any way. So we, 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 Which we're just we, not going to do. So, we, we don't yeah. want to bring the weight of the Church of Scientology down upon us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're lovely people. And, um, yeah, and if there are any Scientologists listening, tweet us, let us know. Let yeah. us know what you think. Now, the Church of Scientology, for those not aware, um, it was founded back in the early 1950s by L. Ron Hubbard, um, who was a, a fairly unsuccessful writer of science fiction novels. Um, and we're oh, talking... I've got to stop you there. He was, he was quite successful. Was he? He was... He, yeah, he was up there with Roddenberry. 
Was he really? Yeah, yeah, no. he, he was. He did quite well. Right, I didn't realize. That. Okay, so we're talking Roderby, and he's he's not in the. I mean, the kind of stuff he was writing. It's it's not in the sort of Arthur C. Clarke, Robert Heinlein kind of league. We're talking. He he described it himself as space operas. Yes, kind of like um, Star. Star Wars is space Star, opera. Star Wars. That kind of Star Wars. Yeah. Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers. That that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but um, L. Ron Hubbard is almost is is also famous for saying um, there's not much money in in writing science fiction. Um, <laughs> the real money is in forming your own religion, um, and, and and shortly did that yes. and, and made a lot of money. A few short years after um, Scientology was born, um, quite possibly a complete coincidence, we have to say. Quite possibly a, a coincidence. We, 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 <laughs> no, <laughs> possibly, possibly, we aren't. We aren't going to decry. Let's be clear. That, that quote be has been attributed to him, but uh, he may not have actually have made it. It could have been um, someone who has a, a grudge against L. Ron Hubbard or the Scientology organization. And there's a lot of people like that out there. Um, now you say you've got a personal story. Um, I do. Yeah. Um. It was when I was at a, a, a dark time in my life, when I was when I was about 16, 17, um, having a bad time at home. My dad had died, um, wasn't getting on with my mum, wasn't getting on at school, shitty school. So I dropped out and I joined the army. Now, because um, I was only 17, I just turned 17 when I signed up, uh, my mum had to sign consent papers. Now, um, I'm sure she thought she was doing me a favour, that she was helping me do what I really wanted to do, but... Um, can I just say, um, I, I really wish she hadn't have done that. Um, mm. Britain is the only country in the developed world that still recruits child soldiers. Um, the army likes them young because the, the mind of a 16 or 17 year old straight out of school is more malleable, more easy to mould into a military mindset than that of, say, a 24, 25 year old who's maybe seen a bit of the world. That's why we have so many cadet forces in our schools. Um, mm. But we also have thousands of veterans living homeless on our streets, many of them physically maimed, many of them battling with PTSD, hundreds of them commit suicide every year. I mean, JFK famously said, ask not what your country can do for you. Bill Clinton, I think, repeated that um, because, yeah, because that's not the question. Ask what your country will do for you, given that you're going to give up your the best years of your youth and put your life and limb on the line for some short-term foreign policy objective, um, because the answer is pretty much bugger all. So if you take away nothing else from this show today, um, this is a personal appeal from me. Um, if, you, if, you do, if you remember nothing else, please do not help enlist a child into military service. Tell them to wait till they're 18. They can do what they like then. You know, but, you know. So anyway, so I joined the army at 17 and there's a cooling off period when you join up. Um, mm. You have, after, after you've enlisted, you have either three months or until your 18th birthday, whichever is the longest. I was only just 17. So I had the best part of 10 months or something until my birthday, by which time um, I, you know, there's a culture, a very macho culture in the forces what these days we'd call toxic masculinity. So it was a long mm -hmm. time before I, I could find the courage to realise that the military life wasn't for me and that I wasn't less of a man for not wanting to be in the army. Yeah. 
Um, and so I, I requested, I wasn't getting on particularly well, so I requested to leave. And they said, well, you know, it's kind of, this is just a review. You'll come back before the reallocation board and whatever. And, and it got delayed. So and in my, it, I ended up before the board. Up, it was, it was meant to be just before my 18th birthday, but it ended up being just after. So that's when they said, what? Well, right, you can't leave. And it, there was no negotiating. They said, ha ha, we got you. You're in. Um, you're, you're committed. So what are you going to do? So what I did was um, the following Wednesday, I collected my pay and ran away. And I ran <laughs> off. <laughs> um, and I did, AWOL. Yeah, went AWOL. Um, and I didn't really have much of a plan other than to just get into trouble. Just get myself into trouble and make them realise, yeah, we don't really want this guy. He's not been trained in anything. Um, he doesn't want to be in the army. And he's just going to make let's kick him out. Um, I didn't really have the courage to go through. But, uh, you know, I was, I was living rough on the streets of London for a little while. And one day I was walking down the Tottenham Court Road and just a couple of doors down from Goode Street Station is the Church of Scientology. Mm. And um, they were out on the pavement inviting people in for a free personality test. Um, and it was starting to rain, so I thought, what the hell? And I went in and did this. It's basically a questionnaire about you know, uh, the, the kind of thing you would find in a, in a, in a magazine. You know, do, yes. you, do, do you do this? Do you do that? Do you think of this? Do you, you know? Do you wear lingerie in bed? Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, so have you ever contemplated maybe suicide? I've, or you know, maybe I'm reading the yeah. wrong sort of magazines. <laughs> yeah, not not your specialist magazine. I'm talking about things like take a break and chat. You know, those sort of things. Um, and got talking with them, and um, and they said, well, we can help you get out of the army because you know if you're, uh, you're a member of a religious cult, you can, or, as as the army would deem you. You know, so I, I, I surrendered to the police, got taken back to the military and said, well, you know, I can't be in the army anymore because I'm a, I've joined a religious cult. And uh, basically they just yelled at me in the guard room <laughs> and, and I, I backed down because I was only a kid and I was scared of them. And um, I mean, the, the Scientologists kept writing to me, but they didn't really do. I think I think more would have been required on my part, but I, I certainly did the basic course. Um, the introductory course to being a, a, a Scientologist, which involves mainly sitting opposite someone. You're sat in chairs facing each other, knee to knee, and you just look each other in the eye and you just stare each other out and you've not got to laugh or whatever. If you, if you, if you smile or do some, the, the person, the person invigilating will say flunk. That was, that was the thing. Is that flunk? Never forgotten that. Um, any, any kind of twitch. And they, they had this real thing that, when you're talking to someone, you must look them straight in the eye all the time. And you'll find this with people who belong to religious, should I say cults? But um, that, is a, that is the thing that they will, they, they don't sort of, when someone's talking to you, they might look away, they might look around, they might gesticulate. But no, the, the Scientologists will keep staring you straight in the eye um, un, unwaveringly. Um, that's what they're, they're kind of training you to do. And, and I read their book. I read Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard. I read it cover to cover. So I can say that I, I know something about what they're about. But of course, there's all sorts of other stuff that they don't reveal to you until later, which, of course, is much more well known these days. It is. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's I can see why you had the trepidation now. You're worried to get on their radar <laughs> again in case they start writing to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say, yeah. uh, you forgot you're supposed to be, yeah, uh, you've missed a few meetings. <laughs> we haven't forgotten you. <laughs> so, um, 
So there's one specific aspect of Scientology that I want us to focus on mm. um, with this, uh, which is this this belief um, that L. Ron Hubbard put forward um, of Xenu. Mm. Um, I don't know how far you got in your training back then or how much you've read up since. Um, that was, um, this is stuff, stuff that's come up later when they said, do you realise they believe this or do you believe that? Uh, mm. So the Xenu thing, the Thetan thing, that, well, the, the Thetan thing came up. Yes, um, um, I think Thetans is quite an early, I mean, it's part of Dianetics, isn't it? So, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so for our listeners, um, uh, L. Ron Hubbard um, put forward the the concept that uh, this 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 well a, a dictator of the galactic confederacy uh, Zeno brought billions of his people to earth um, 75 million years ago exterminated them all and now their immortal spirits adhere to us as humans and are the cause of our misery and bad feelings. Um, now, their immortal spirits of these aliens, that's what, what are called Thetans. Mm. Is, is that about, is that summing up? About, I, I'm I a think so, yeah. So, so we, we, we inhabit, these, um, we inhabit these, these flesh bodies. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we endure all these um, psychosomatic illnesses that are caused by this... this this enduring um, trauma. Now there is there is a Scientology movie, a sci-fi movie based on all this. Um, it was John Travolta's film Battlefield Earth. Now John Travolta mm. is a guy who's had a fairly up and down career. He became a big star in the seventies. He was in a he was in a a, a sitcom called um, was it Comeback Cotter. I think it was Comeback Cotter for about for about four years, playing a school kid. Uh, let's let's see. Um, Welcome Back Cotter, that was it. Um, which ran from about 74 until um, 77, 78, something like that. Um, or seven, 76, so it was definitely 76. Um, and then, of course, his career really took off. He was in Carrie, and then in Saturday Night Fever, and then in Greece. I did not know he was in Carrie and Saturday Night Fever. He's definitely in well Saturday Night Fever. You know, he's Tony Manero. He's the he's the main man. In you know, Saturday I'm, I'm going to hold up my hands and say I've never seen Saturday Night Fever. I saw it twice. I saw it because um, um, at that age, when they're dating girls, and they're, what do you want to do? Oh, let's go and see Saturday Night Fever. And uh, there was a. There was an ex. There were two girls that you were dating. The kind of girls I was dating, yeah, or whatever I could get, basically. Um, there was an 18 certificate version, well, X-rated version mm -hmm. that came out first, but it was so popular and there was so much demand for it amongst younger people that they they cut a few scenes and made a, um, I think it was a, a, what would now be a PG version of it. So I, I ended up for our American. Yeah, yeah. Um, R-rated. I think it's, it's about our. 15 certificate isn't it or is it yeah, yeah. i think it's about 15 certificate um, pg so means um you can see it at any age as long as your parents approve yeah if, if you're under the age of 15 is that right 
Um, I and think the it, age of 12. it might be under the age of 12, which is you know, the age of 12. There, yeah, there's so much overlap between the certification then. But in those days, you know, but basically they made a, a child friendly version of it by I think I think it was mainly the rape scene they cut, um, but and, and and possibly the suicide. But um, yeah, it, anyway, it, they didn't Trump they Trump didn't Trump. have to cut much. So yeah, <laughs> but then but then he he made a few very bad decisions. He turned down some some roles. Including an officer and a gentleman, which became, um, which was a very big hit, and he went for other films that really didn't do, including you know, Staying Alive, the sequel to. Saturday do you, Night do you know Fever, what? I can which... see us going down the route that we went down in the last episode, where we just end up talking about movies. So yeah. Well, any, anyway, but he, he made a comeback <laughs> um, with, with Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, and he decided to use this to, you know, he, to use his his. Influence the influence he now had in Hollywood, which he hadn't had before, and the money to make a film of L. Ron Hubbard's book, um, Battleground Battlefield Earth, which mm. L. Ron Hub- Hubbard had written in 1982, um, and John Travolta was going to make it as a as a two parter. Um, but he only got to make one, and it was um. It says here, yes, Battlefield Earth was a critical and commercial failure, frequently described as one of the worst films of all time. Reviewers criticised virtually every aspect of the film, including the acting, cinematography, script, special effects and art direction. Audiences were reported to have ridiculed early screenings and stayed away from the film after its opening weekend. Um, It received seven Golden Raspberry Awards, which until 2012 was the most Razzie Awards given to a single film and won the worst picture of the decade in 2010. Um, the, so, yeah, the, and, and the, the company that made it went bankrupt. They were sued by their investors and went bankrupt. So that was, I mean, you, you, you compared L. Ron Hubbard to, to Gene Rodenberry, but I think that's the only time um, that a, a movie has been made of, of one of L. Ron Hubbard's novels. Okay. Now, L. Ron, Scientology, um, they, they, I mean, they won't deny this. They have a, they have a very special um, affiliation for um, for celebrities. They like movie mm-hmm. stars, and and they they do a lot to recruit them. Um, and they operate special celebrity centres. Um, and and it says it, one of the main purposes is to expand the number of celebrities in Scientology. So because uh, people people like to identify with celebrities. Um, they have communication lines others don't have and um, and they, they will get Scientologists to, to kind of emulate their favorite Hollywood star um, to draw other people in and and, and and get them to kind of emulate um, they, they would choose to resent they would their life they would choose a life that resembles the life of the celebrity that that he or she most admired um, but also um, Scientology is a is a creed that appeals to the celebrity because celebrities like Tom Cruise, John Travolta, they're not short of money, but what they do need is validation. And Scientology is a religion that tells you it's okay to be rich, you know, and, and it's okay to, it's, it's okay to, it's a very individualistic kind of, um, mm. kind of uh, belief system. Um, it celebrates your indiv- individual identity as ultimately divine. It claims to give you ultimate power over your own mind, self destiny, which fits very well with the with the with the actor personality. 
<laughs> Indeed, it does. Um, I mean, well, I I know Scientologists through acting. I mm. would imagine you do as well, do you? Um, I don't know. I've never met one. I really? Say I, I had okay. my own experience as a youngster, um, which taught me a lot. Um, going through that and coming out the other side of it. Um, but I've never... I've never oh, really, you've... and I've always thought, you know, when I saw you know, very, very rich, very famous celebrities getting involved with Scientology, I thought, well, yeah, because there's no break on them. There's no limit to their money. If the, the, the church <laughs> asks them for a few million dollars, they, they, they won't miss it. Of course, you've never met Scientologists in acting that you know of. That I know of, no. Do you um, know of any that, do we have any mutual friends here? I can't think of any mutual friends. Um, but I, so there was a chap, um, the first Scientologist I was aware of hmm. um, in my circle of friends um, is a chap I'd, I'd met on set, um, got, became friendly with. I'd known him for a few years. Um, hmm. You know, I used to go see his shows. He'd come and see mine. We'd keep in touch. We'd go for a beer every now and then. Um, we never worked together except on that initial job, but. Yeah, we, we always kept in touch. And then uh, one day, yeah, I forget what it was. It, he, Him and his wife um, invited me and my then partner around for a meal, uh, went round to his house. And there when you walk in was this massive, it was a, it was a bookcase like covering an entire wall. It was a huge thing. Hmm. And all along there was every possible Scientology book you can think of and there was cassettes and videos and like it was a huge library and I mean I, I mm. dread to think how much money he'd spent over the years on this and you know and I, at the time I didn't really know anything about Scientology so I was, oh what's mm. that <laughs> so, yeah he was telling me all about it and you know in, to be fair um, he never tried to recruit me or anything mm. like that. He was just, he talked fairly open about it. Um, looking back, possibly a little bit guarded, which, yeah, given the um, the reputation that Scientologists uh, can have in the media, I can see why he would be guarded. Um, but no, um, just, you know, that was his thing, and that's fair enough. Well, you know, I've I've come across adherents of all religions who have been guarded about it. I've um, I've come across yeah. people who've been guarded about their Catholicism. Absolutely. Um, um, do you know what? Some people are nice people. Some people are dicks, and it doesn't matter what religion they are. Mm. You get both. But actually, <laughs> um, if you talk about belief systems that I've come across as an actor, the main one I've come, I've come across it several times. Um, haven't stayed in touch with these people. Um, but it's something called the secret, where you oh, ask the universe yes. to bring you this, yes. uh, you know, and you meditate and, and you know, yes. basically, basically just ask, for, ask for stuff. I've come across that a lot. This isn't, however, a religious or acting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so back on to, to the Scientology um, aspect of it. So Elron Hubbard talks about this character, Zenu, who we mentioned. Hmm. Early on, the intergalactic um, dictator, the intergalactic dictator. Um, 
or the Galactic Confederacy dictator. Mm. Now, what what I'm unsure of or unaware of, and and you might actually know the answer to this, where did L. Ron Hubbard claim to have got this information from? That, I don't know. I think, like so many other people, I, I assume that you know, he's... He's a science fiction writer. He's created these worlds for the purpose of telling a story. Um, they're not entirely original worlds. They're worlds that we're, you know, people are familiar with from the, the old space operas. Um, but he's woven it into a, a religious movement. But the idea that we are, are beings, you know, immortal beings that go from life to life. I mean, that, that's, that incorporates elements of of Buddhism, doesn't it? The reincarnation that you, you travel down the stream of time, going from life to life, um, in different inhabiting different bodies. Um, it it could be an amalgamation, you know, combining religious beliefs like that with with science fiction writings. Okay, um, but that, and, and the idea that we, I mean, I think in, in Scientology also that we're going to eventually. Um, like like Christians will be saved when uh, come come judgment day that they will be uh, taken up body and soul though those who are saved um, that Scientologists will leave in a spaceship and they will go to the next planet. I I believe so. Um, like I, said, I don't know that much about that aspect of it. Um, but no, well, so so I get what you're saying. But but what you're saying there comes from the perspective of he made it up. And here's why he made it up. What I'm saying is, hmm. whether we believe he made it up or whether he he genuinely got the story, when he's telling this to other Scientologists, to other hmm. members of his faith, he's 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 got to have given some um, source. For, he's not going to say, "Oh yeah," and I made up this thing about you know. So he, he, you know, even if that were the case, and I'm not suggesting it is, but if that were the case, he's not going to say that was the case. No, he would so, have said it came, you know, might have been transmitted to him psychically, or uh, he might have read it on some ancient tablets that only he could read. Or so, yeah. So where where does he claim it comes from? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like um, I mean, exactly. Uh, so I mean, with Christianity. Um, if you if you study older religions or older civilizations, you can see that Christianity has borrowed an awful lot from them. Oh um, yeah, Christianity um, totally assimilated many many other yeah. religions. Um, so um, so yeah, where did Christmas where did... is pagan? <laughs> <laughs> we call so it is Easter. We call it Yule. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, where does he claim this information came from? Um, Hubbard stated a civilization without insanity, without criminals, and without war, where the able can prosper and honest beings can have rights, and where man is free to rise to greater heights of the aims of Scientology, which is all very laudable. Um, but as I say, he doesn't say where he where he claims to have. You because know, for me, if I'm going to give any credence to this story as, as an outsider, as a person um, who, you know, I personally, yes, I do mm. believe in 
well, as I say, I was about to say extraterrestrial. I believe in otherworldly beings. I believe we are being visited. I, I can accept they might be extraterrestrial. Hmm. So, yeah, I can accept all of that. Um, so, if someone tells me this story, I, you know, I want to know. Well, where's it? Who told you? You know, because if you're asking me to accept this and believe it, quote your source. <laughs> well, no, I, I think actually I've, I've remembered um, from from Dianetics because um, basically Scientology is a. I mean, it's many things. I mean, I don't think they themselves call it a. I think they call it a religion, but it's also a a, um, a kind of therapy. Mm-hmm. And we're going to fix you. We're going to take you from this pre-clear state where you're traumatised by this original horror of being murdered by Xenu, um, and and all the other traumas along the way. We can and and with this process they call auditing, where, where they basically yes. use a you hold these cans. It's basically a lie detector. Um, but you you go through this long auditing process, and until eventually you you are free of all these traumas that are that are acting upon you, or or you identify them. So you're not you're not getting these these pains that you don't know where they come from. It, it's or, the, or these traumas or these phobias or whatever. You you're you're clear of them all because you've 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 seen where they all come from and you've kind of wiped them out like like knotted muscle. You kind of probed them out. Through this through this process, and I think that's where, yeah, because he's he claims to have cured himself, that he has gone to a clear state. He is he's that he's actually become a superior. That of course he he realizes all this stuff because he'd been he'd been through it. That, so, if I'm understanding that correctly, then he's claiming it was repressed memory that he has uncovered. Yes, if if in himself by yeah. by clearing by by reducing his thetan level. Um, that has unblocked memories. Yeah. Okay. Um, that we're still we're still encumbered with. Okay. Uh, do you know what? It's summary time. <laughs> so. Uh, so Zenu, this galactic dictator, um, seventy-five million years ago killing lots of aliens and it's their spirits their souls that are causing the misery in the world today hmm. that didn't happen that, that, that's us much, that's who we are um bearing in mind that uh any thoughts expressed are those of our own personal opinions without being disrespectful to anybody else's hmm. anybody else's personal <laughs> opinions yes, yes. Uh, or views, um, Neil. Is there any credence in this for you? Um, I'm going to have to say no. Um, uh, otherwise, I'd be tempted to go and get involved with the Church of Scientology again, and, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not tempted to go and get involved with with them. So, so no. It's um, you're inclined I, to I, think I, he made it up. So, I'm, I'm trying to be careful about what I say here. But I'd say that I, I wouldn't go off and join the Church of Scientology uh, to explore this further. Okay. I, I would explore it by other means, um, which which are possibly hostile to the Church of Scientology, but um, I, w- I would rather read about them than experience them. Uh, no, what I'm saying is, um, do you accept L. Ron Hubbard's uh, claim about Xenu? And the history. It's it's curiously specific, isn't it? And I suppose I would have to go through the process of becoming clear myself to 
to, to see it. But um, I mean, this this idea that the reason humans are different from any species on the planet, any other species that you know, we're the we're the only species that are aware of our our deaths, um, that that are aware of um, other other planets and other other dimensions and all this, you know, that we so it was you know, is the product of alien visitation. That they've they've taken one particular breed of ape and decided, yeah, we'll 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 give this one, we'll we'll let this one move up the f- the food chain with uh, with its um, with with increased brain power. Do you know what? That's an entire other episode, right there. <laughs> uh, absolutely, yeah. So so yeah. Do, do we have alien DNA? Are we are we the result? Are we ourselves the result of an alien visitation? Which is effectively what. Um, Elrond Hubbard saying, so they said we are an alien visitation. We are the souls of murdered thetans living in flesh bodies. So, in a simple yay or nay for you, do you believe it or not? No, I'm, I'm going to force you down. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't take that as as as. Uh, and for uh, me, this is this is one of those rare occasions when you and I see absolutely eye to eye. Um, I think with with all respect to Scientologists and do you know what I'm happy to be proven wrong um, however we're talking about a science fiction writer who famously said if you want to get rich start a religion then a few years later started a religion um, and got rich and got rich got very rich um, he's created this backstory that sounds like a science fiction story hmm <sighs> No, that's I, I. For me, there's absolutely no evidence um, to support any of this. Um, it, it's all too convenient for me, um, and I'm afraid. Sorry, Scientologist, but I just don't. I, like I say, happy to be proven wrong, but well, it's, where I am at the moment, I don't accept it, it. It's classed as a religion, so it requires a certain amount of belief, and belief implies a lack of evidence. You just have to take it on faith. That's what it, that's what it's that's what Christians do. That's what that's what Muslims and Jews do. They take it on faith. Uh, what about Buddhists? Don't they do they rely on faith? Or do they, they no, see the evidence? No creator gods. No creator gods, but there's there's um, reincarnation. Hmm. Which uh, um, is that Buddhism? Yeah, no, um, but okay. I, I don't think anyway, it requires a belief anyway. system or an adherence to a certain set of. A certain um, behaviour to, to to be rewarded with it. Anyway, it it's, it's not a religious podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> let's not go down that route. But there we are. So, um, as I said early on, if we have any Scientologists who listen to this show, um, brilliant, do message us. Let us know. Well, have we missed something? Is is there some part of Scientology? that we're just not seeing um do please tell us all about it we our minds are wide open uh we're happy to hear uh but or are we bang on the money do you think we're absolutely right um to be dismissive of it do let us know uh you can tweet us or find us on facebook by searching aliens explored or you can visit us at aliens explored Dot com, uh, where you can also let us know if there are any other subjects that you would like us to discuss in particular. 
join us next time when we have a very, very special episode because we will be discussing the actual experiences of the grandparents of one of our very own listeners, Rudy Payne. So, until then, keep watching those theater levels. Yes. Goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.